Section 39 of the Underground Railroad, Part 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. The Underground Railroad, Part 5, by William Still. Section 39. Portraits and Sketches. Francis Ellen Watkins Harper. Part five. In writing from Columbiana and Demopolis, Alabama, about the first of March, eighteen seventy one, Mrs. Harper painted the state of affairs in her usually graphic manner, and diligently was she endeavoring to inspire the people with hope and encouragement. Oh, what a field there is here in this region! Let me give you a short account of this week's work. Sunday, I addressed a Sunday school in Talladega. On Monday afternoon, a day school. On Monday, I rode several miles to a meeting, addressed it, and came back the same night. Got back about or after twelve o'clock. The next day, I had a meeting of women and addressed them, and then lectured in the evening in the courthouse to both colored and white. Last night, I spoke again about ten miles from where I am now stopping and returned the same night, and to-morrow evening probably I shall speak again. I grow quite tired part of the time. And now let me give you an anecdote or two of some of our new citizens. While in Talladega I was entertained, and well entertained, at the house of one of our new citizens. He is living in the house of his former master. He is a brickmaker by trade, and I rather think Mason also. He was worth to his owner, it was reckoned, fifteen hundred or about that a year. He worked with him seven years, and in that seven years he remembers receiving from him fifty cents. Now mark the contrast. That man is now free, owns the home of his former master, has, I think, more than sixty acres of land, and his master is in the poorhouse. I heard of another such case not long since. A woman was cruelly treated, once, or more than once. She escaped, and ran naked into town. The villain, in whose clutch she found herself, was trying to drag her downward to his own level of impurity, and at last she fell. She was poorly fed, so that she was tempted to sell her person. Even scraps thrown to the dog, she was hunger-bitten enough to aim for. Poor thing, was there anything in the future for her? had not hunger and cruelty and prostitution done their work, and left her an entire wreck for life? It seems not. Freedom came, and with it dawned a new era upon that poor overshadowed and sin-darkened life. Freedom brought opportunity for work and wages combined. She went to work and got ten dollars a month. She has contrived to get some education, and has since been teaching school, while her former mistress has been to her for help. Do not the mills of God grind exceedingly fine? And she has helped that mistress, and so has the colored man given money from what I heard to his former master. After all, friend, do we not belong to one of the best branches of the human race? And yet, how have our people been murdered in the South, and their bones scattered at the grave's mouth? Oh, when will we have a government strong enough to make human life safe? 
only yesterday i heard of a murder committed on a man for an old grudge of several years standing i had visited the place but had just got away last summer a mr luke was hung and several other men also i heard while surrounded with this state of affairs an appeal reached her through the columns of the national standard setting forth a state of very great suffering and want especially on the part of the old blind and decrepit freedmen of the district of columbia after expressing deep pity for these unfortunates she added please send ten dollars to josephine griffing for me for the suffering poor of the district of columbia just send it by mail and charge it to my account many more letters written by mrs harper are before us containing highly interesting information from louisiana mississippi florida north carolina virginia kentucky tennessee missouri maryland and even poor little delaware through all these states she has traveled and labored extensively as has already been stated but our space in this volume will admit of only one more letter i have been traveling the best part of the day can you spare a little time from your book to just take a peep at some of our alabama people if you would see some instances of apparent poverty and ignorance that i have been seeing you would not wonder very much at the conservative voting in the state a few days since i was about to pay a woman a dollar and a quarter for some washing in ten-cent currency notes when she informed me that she could not count it she must trust to my honesty she could count to forty cents since i left eufaula i have seen something of plantation life the first plantation i visited was about five or six miles from eufaula and i should think that the improvement in some of the cabins was not very much in advance from what it was in slavery the cabins are made with doors but not to my recollection a single window-pane or speck of plastering and yet even in some of these lowly homes i met with hospitality a room to myself is a luxury that i do not always enjoy still i live through it and find life rather interesting the people have much to learn the condition of the women is not very enviable in some cases they have had some of them a terribly hard time in slavery and their subjection has not ceased in freedom one man said of some women that a man must leave them or whip them let me introduce you to another scene here is a gathering a large fire is burning out of doors and here are one or two boys with hats on here is a little girl with her bonnet on and there a little boy moves off and commences to climb a tree do you know what the gathering means it is a school and the teacher i believe is paid from the school fund he says he is from new hampshire that may be but to look at him and to hear him teach you would perhaps think him not very lately from the north at least i do not think he is a model teacher they have a church but somehow they have burnt a hole i understand in the top and so i lectured inside and they gathered around the fire outside here is another what shall i call it meeting place it is a brush arbor and what pray is that shall i call it an edifice or an improvised meeting-house well it is called a brush arbor it is a kind of brush house with seats and a kind of covering 
made partly i rather think of branches of trees and an humble place for pulpit i lectured in a place where they seemed to have no other church but i spoke at a house in glenville a little out of the way place i spent part of a week there they have two unfinished churches one has not a single pane of glass and the same aperture that admits the light also gives ingress to the air and the other one i rather think is less finished than that i spoke in one and then the white people gave me a hall and quite a number attended i am now at union springs where i shall probably room with three women but amid all this roughing it in the bush i find a field of work where kindness and hospitality have thrown their sunshine around my way and oh what a field of work is here how much one needs the spirit of our dear master to make one's life a living loving force to help men to higher planes of thought and action i am giving all my lectures with free admission but still i get along and the way has been opening for me almost ever since i've been south oh if some more of our young women would only consecrate their lives to the work of upbuilding the race oh if i could only see our young men and women aiming to build up a future for themselves which would grandly contrast with the past with its pain ignorance and low social condition it may be well to add that mrs harper's letters from which we have copied were simply private never intended for publication and while they bear obvious marks of truthfulness discrimination and impartiality it becomes us to say that a more strictly conscientious woman we have never known returning to philadelphia after many months of hard labor in the south mrs harper instead of seeking needed rest and recreation scarcely allows a day to pass without seeking to aid in the reformation of the outcast and degraded the earnest advice which she gives on the subject of temperance and moral reforms generally causes some to reflect even among adults and induces a number of poor children to attend day and sabbath schools the condition of this class she feels appeals loudly for a remedy to respectable and intelligent colored citizens and whilst not discouraged she is often quite saddened at the supineness of the better class during the past summer when it was too warm to labor in the south she spent several months in this field without a farthing's reward she assisted in organizing a sabbath school and accepted the office of assistant superintendent under the auspices of the young men's christian association mrs harper reads the best magazines and ablest weeklies as well as more elaborate works not excepting such authors as de tocqueville mill ruskin buckle guizot etc in espousing the cause of the oppressed as a poet and lecturer had she neglected to fortify her mind in the manner she did she would have been weighed and found wanting long since before friends and foes the learned and the unlearned north and south mrs harper has pleaded the cause of her race in a manner that has commanded the greatest respect indeed it is hardly too much to say that during seventeen years of public labor she has made thousands of speeches without doing herself or people discredit in a single instance that has accomplished a great deal in the way of removing prejudice 
may we not hope that the rising generation at least will take encouragement by her example and find an argument of rare force in favor of mental and moral equality and above all be awakened to see how prejudices and difficulties may be surmounted by continual struggles intelligence and a virtuous character fifty thousand copies at least of her four small books have been sold to those who have listened to her eloquent lectures one of these productions entitled moses has been used to entertain audiences with evening readings in various parts of the country with what effect may be seen from the two brief notices as follows mrs f e w harper delivered a poem upon moses in wilbraham to a large and delighted audience she is a woman of high moral tone with superior native powers highly cultivated and a captivating eloquence that hold her audience in rapt attention from the beginning to the close she will delight any intelligent audience and those who wish first-class lecturers cannot do better than to secure her services zion's herald boston mrs francis e w harper read her poem of moses last evening at rev mr harrison's church to a good audience it deals with the story of the hebrew moses from his finding in the wicker basket on the nile to his death on mount nebo and his burial in an unknown grave following closely the scripture account it contains about seven hundred lines beginning with blank verse of the common measure and changing to other measures but always without rhyme and is a pathetic and well-sustained piece mrs harper recited it with good effect and it was well received she is a lady of much talent and always speaks well particularly when her subject relates to the condition of her own people in whose welfare before and since the war she has taken the deepest interest as a lecturer mrs harper is more effective than most of those who come before our lyceums with a natural eloquence that is very moving galesburg register illinois grace greenwood in the independent in noticing a course of lectures in which mrs harper spoke in philadelphia pays this tribute to her next on the course was mrs harper a colored woman about as colored as some of the cuban bells i have met with at saratoga she has a noble head this bronze muse a strong face with a shadowed glow upon it indicative of thoughtful fervor and of a nature most femininely sensitive but not in the least morbid her form is delicate her hands daintily small she stands quietly beside her desk and speaks without notes her gestures few and fitting her manner is marked by dignity and composure she is never assuming never theatrical in the first part of her lecture she was most impressive in her pleading for the race with whom her lot is cast there was something touching in her attitude as their representative the woe of two hundred years sighed through her tones every glance of her sad eyes was a mournful remonstrance against injustice and wrong feeling on her soul as she must have felt it the chilling weight of caste she seemed to say i lift my heavy heart up solemnly as once electra her sepulchral urn as i listened to her there swept over me in a chill wave of horror the realization that this noble woman had she not been rescued from her mother's condition might have been sold on the auction block to the highest bidder 
her intellect fancy eloquence the flashing wit that might make the delight of a parisian saloon and her pure christian character all thrown in the recollection that women like her could be dragged out of public conveyances in our own city or frowned out of fashionable churches by anglo-saxon saints end of section thirty nine end of the underground railroad by william still